Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome back. Another week. Uh, We're not going to be streaming for 12 hours today, are we? Oh, I hope not. Oh, (laughs) man. Uh, So I'm 99% sure that I had, like, the actual flu. So the thing you go get the shot for, you know, fever coughing, sore throat, all the whole nine yards. And uh, so I'm still recovering. It's actually, it's taken me quite a long time, but uh, it's tapering off. And so thank you so much for streaming this weekend because I could not be on camera. Like the amount of times I was like riding my mute button and blowing my nose and like just the fact that I didn't have to stare into a ring light for 12 hours, it really, really helped. So thank you so much for carrying the gamers in extra life banner and taking over the stream it was very 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 helpful well it was it was a lot of fun and again i don't like in terms of the way i stream and how much i stream extra life is certainly the peak of it so like i'll, I'll kind of get some practice runs in and then right at extra life's like okay 12 hours 13 hours and it is always fun to like close the stream and be like yeah that was a long time and i do not ever want to go back to 24 hours because still 13 hours kind of knocked me on my butt you know uh the next day but yeah i'm super stoked that we 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 did get a another stream in i think the team goal we're now at like 90 percent, so we're so we're close. so close yeah we're so 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 close i'm really mm-hmm. excited um i think i'm still i'm still quite far off of my goal and so i do plan on doing another stream i'm gonna add something to uh the repertoire i think matt's having some of the guys here in the mid-december for um a D&D weekend. So while they're up there playing D&D, I'll be down here streaming. So I believe that's like the 14th or 15th or something. It's like right smack dab in the middle of, of December. So cool. That's my plan to do like a makeup stream. But um, the next extra live stream uh, for me anyways, is going to be Saturday, November 30th, as normally planned. Uh, again, if you'd like to support us over on our Extra Life campaign for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals, you can do so by going to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2019. Um, so yeah, we we played a lot of stuff this weekend. Uh, we played some stuff we haven't played in a while, like Heroes of the Storm. And dude, that was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I made a point to be like, okay, we are starting with Heroes of the, St- Heroes of the Storm. We don't want to get kind of swept up in the other games that we've had a lot of fun with. Don't get me wrong. Sea of Thieves, Dead by Daylight. A lot of fun to play with our friends, but Heroes of the Storm deserved a return, um, and what better time when they had all their heroes free to play. So I got to try everyone that had come out in the last year, uh, everyone I really wanted to try. So it was basically, I, I played as Anduin, and we joked, uh, he's actually, he's kind of good, funny enough. I, I didn't expect him to be such a such a powerhouse, <laughs> you know, Anduin, the little shrimpy priest i guess i mean you're horde you know where i'm coming from <laughs> he's oh yeah 100 percent. i mean he's he's changed a little bit uh, the joke in the wow community is that his his name is manduin now because uh, he's all he's all grown up wearing his his daddy's plate armor <laughs> yeah. but it's uh yeah no he de- he's definitely uh more grown up now than ever but i'm glad that you had fun with him you also tried uh and the uh melee assassin <laughs> kira and oh my god i just 
the amount of times you just exclaimed with pure joy when you did that whip around move. <laughs> and I don't know if people were just being, you know, generous because I was streaming for Extra Life. I was basically Kira for the entire six hours that we had played. And no one was like, oh, no, you know, uh, maybe I'll try Kira now. But but Kira is this new hero, like the new original Nexus hero that was added, I think, in the August time frame. And she is awesome. I don't usually like melee uh, assassins but as you said she has got that one move where i think it's the e ability where she shoots her sword out latches onto somebody and then you can spin around and for like i'd say three hours all i was doing was spinning around and then i realized oh you can read the tooltips and uh and, and when you hit the e button again you snap in and stun the person who you actually captured in this move so again it became a pretty clutch way of like you know, uh, focusing in on the healers while still doing a bunch of damage to the people around them. And yeah, you're right. I yeah, and you totally a... never got yourself in trouble or anything and whipped around behind a wall or something there where was... you didn't belong. <laughs> yeah. There was one time where I realized, yeah, I did get whipped in behind uh, enemy lines. But honestly, one it didn't. Time. <laughs> uh, okay, twice. Twice or three. I lost count, honestly. I There was a couple moments. But, you know, once I got the hang of it, uh, you know, I wasn't terrible well you know i was okay <laughs> you did you did get the hang of it and i mean i think it's it's good to play the same character for for a few matches so that you can learn it and get the hang of it but uh yeah and, and i got a chance to to do some tanking i got a chance to play some sylvanas which was super fun so yeah it was it was a lot of fun to go back to heroes of the storm because i haven't played i think we were all saying we haven't played in months maybe even since the hgc announcement yeah yeah that that uh sort of you know, big cadence change and the HTC cancellation. I think that left a lot of, you know, heavy hearts with with even folks that weren't maybe as invested, but also those folks that were really into it for the esports as well as just playing. I, I know we were big fans, and you and I had different, I, th I think, sort of involvement levels. I think you were more into the esports. I I really just liked the game and. And some of the heroes they were putting out and kind of casually playing it. But even then, it, it became very difficult to kind of sort of jump back in with uh, being very excited, you know, to play. Just knowing all the background of the game and being like, well, yeah. So we, we were happy. I was happy to play it again. And I think a lot of folks that were playing with us had a great time. And we even got Jimmy uh, in to play with us who hadn't played in probably longer. And he, he seemed to have a lot of fun. He was around mm -hmm. for quite a bit. So... I, I'm really glad we did play. I'm hoping that this is the status, like if this is the status quo for Heroes of the Storm, that they continue down that path for the foreseeable future. Because I, I don't see them kind of ramping up again, but I really don't want to see the community if they go even further into that wind down phase. I, I mean, that day will be very sad for me and a, a lot of people as well. Well, like I said, uh, when we were doing our BlizzCon episode, when I was actually down in the Blizzard Arcade where the Deathwing um, Heroes of the Storm demo was, it was packed all the time. Like, you could basically walk up to Diablo and wait about 10 minutes, but HOTS was like two hours. So it was really popular. I think it is still really popular. I think a lot of people are playing it slash coming back to it. And uh, yeah, I'm... I'm looking forward to playing more of, of Heroes of the Storm because, uh, yeah, like I said, we had a really, really good time. So uh, all the heroes were free to play. I'm not sure how much longer that lasts. 
I think it ended on the tenth. So we oh, just did it? Okay, yeah, I was like, I had the tenth. I had the tenth in my head, but I wasn't sure if that was you know from from something else. But yeah, so I mean, I I hope you guys got in there when all the heroes are free. If not, they still have their free rotation every week. So yeah, I I highly recommend jumping back into Heroes of the Storm because it's a, it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, what else have you been have you been up to this past week, Ryan? Well, for uh, the last couple weeks, I've been, you know, plugging away at uh, a new game that came out on Xbox Game Pass called After Party. Now, uh, this one is by the studio behind Oxenfree, which a lot of folks might be familiar with. It's a sort of adventure. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I ever actually played it. I might own it, though, but I don't think I ever actually played it. It was offered for free on the epic game store a couple times and then maybe as part of some humble bundles so it's been around um and and oxen free was sort of a text-based adventure where you kind of walk around and interact with characters and you have dialogue choices and after party is very much in the same vein uh it is not on xbox game pass for pc because it is exclusive to the epic game store but it is on the xbox game pass for xbox if that (laughs) (laughs) man these services sometimes it's super easy you can just say xbox game pass and that means everything but in this instance yeah it's just on the console for xbox game pass but you can purchase it elsewhere and basically the idea behind after party is you play as two characters milo and lola who die and go to hell and the idea is they want to get out of hell and the only way to do that is to out drink the devil to out drink obviously yeah exactly um so there's some really cool mechanics so it's just like oxen free in that you're interacting with characters they're talking to you and you get dialogue choices x or b uh and those choices are you know differ in the sense of like if someone says oh welcome to the party you can you know you can tell them to f off or you can say hey this is a great party those are two extreme examples probably not in the <laughs> game but um <laughs> but the cool part is like because you dr- drinking is a mechanic of the game so in hell there's bars everywhere and when you're interacting with these characters, you can get a drink and depending on the drink you get and all the drinks are not real drinks, they're kind of like what well, you would expect they would serve in hell. So a lot of eyeballs, uh, a lot of bodily fluids, uh, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, of course. And uh, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be hell if they didn't you know mix things up a little bit. And when you drink those things, they have like different ways of interact or different ways of changing your speech. So, for example, uh, there's like a one of my favorites was a was a, like a pirate drink and when you drank it of course you got the option to respond to dialogue as a pirate so uh instead of saying like oh they're over there in the corner you could be like are they're over there at starboard or whatever i don't know that starboard <laughs> anyways starburst uh but uh yeah it's a lot of fun and as an adventure game it was very laid back and i was able to just kind of progress at my own sort of pace it's not a very long game uh, very humorous is a lot of fun and yeah you uh you definitely there's drinking games in it there's like beer pong and stacks which i had never heard of sounds like a great way to kind of like ruin a bunch of glasses but uh yeah it's... yeah i have i have no idea what that is <laughs> so stacks i guess is basically every drink you take you put the glass down and then you try to get it to a certain level i don't think it's a real drinking game because again it would probably ruin a lot of glasses but in hell I mean, you can kind of just snap. They your don't fingers. care. They don't care. I mean, that would, and, and the game has its own like mythology, and it kind of plays around with sort of, you know, the the concept of hell that most people know, and they kind of introduce like you know the seven layers of hell and all the demons and stuff. So they they had some fun there, setting up their own their own flavor of lore behind sort of 
the concept of hell and you know how satan came to be and god and all that it it's it's very interesting in that regard as well they they take it very seriously yeah uh, so it's not just straight up as silly as it sounds no no but they do they do apply a very silly nature to it all like uh you know satan <laughs> Satan is a partier, but like no one likes him anymore. He used to like live around a bunch of people, but now he lives on his own and he has a party every night and he's, he's got his friends. So his close friends are his like his douchey party friends. And one of them, (laughs) one of them is just like, he's got a bunch of demons and there's obviously demons and humans in hell. And one of his friends is, uh, is a human named Chad from Kingston, Ontario, which I thought was funny. He, a, a really neat shout out. Like, it's like, oh, maybe he, uh, maybe he was in the penitentiary there who knows but it's a uh, it's got a it's a very laid back game again like i think it was a nice sort of experience after you know two weeks of very blizzard heavy conversations and then blizzcon and then extra life so this was a fun one to sort of just sit down and sort of make my way through um but as in terms of a comedy sort of adventure game i really liked it and uh ashley birch plays a very uh one of the main characters, she's the the voice actress from um, Horizon Zero Dawn, the main character. Ooh, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> and funny enough, I was I was playing The Outer Worlds, and she's also one of your companions in that one as well. So uh, if you're looking for Ashley Birch, like After Party and The Outer Worlds, you're probably going to get your your fair share. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed After Party, and I I went through the whole thing. I finished it in about five or so hours. And uh, yeah, I recommend it. It's really neat. Very cool. Well, I'm kind of I've been playing something kind of along those same lines, I guess, is with the whole idea of hell in the afterlife. I've been playing Luigi's Mansion 3. Nice. I'm so (laughs) jealous. Totally the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Luigi's Mansion 3, um, I have only just barely scratched the surface on, I'll be honest, but... Uh, the mechanic of like sucking something in and then like throwing it over your shoulder to to do damage to it, man, that's so fun and satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so right now I have kind of um, completed what I would call it's it's kind of hard because I, I don't want to call it a tutorial, mm-hmm. but it very much does the thing where it's like when you first enter into the mansion. You don't have any of your stuff. You don't have anything. And you like explore a little bit and find pieces of your kit like little by little. And uh, so I've kind of I've assembled my like basic um, ghost kit and I freed my first friend. Um, I'll put it that way because I don't necessarily want to um, like spoil everything. But I mean, obviously. Your friends get captured by the ghosts. That's pretty much just the premise of Luigi's Mansion. That's Luigi's period. Mansion 101, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, spoiler alert, your friends are captured. You have to go save them. So, the first one that you go to save kind of sets up a lot of your uh, mechanics within the game. So, he is uh, the same scientist dude from the previous Luigi's Mansions, uh, Professor E. Gad. If you remember him, I he's do. like the little the little guy with the with the pointy up hair and the big glasses. He uh, oh, he makes a very specific sound when he talks, and uh, yeah, it's delightful. I won't reproduce it now because I'd have to hear it to kind of make the sound. But uh, yeah, from what I recall, of Luigi's Mansion and Luigi's Mansion Two, for that matter, uh, delightful side character 
probably one of the the you know probably one of the better sort of recent additions to the Mario cast. Um, yeah, he's not, like he he's only found in the Luigi's Mansion game, so he's absolutely like a, a secondary or tertiary character in the overall Mario universe. But he's he is just as you put it, delightful. I just I love interacting with him. He's so funny. He has a lot of voice lines because basically what's happened is um, all the ghosts that you've captured uh, have been re-released into this hotel. And he's so concerned about filling up his ghost collection again. And then he's like, oh, right. Yeah. And we have to like rescue your friends or whatever. But my ghosts. Uh. (laughs) It's so funny. He's so adorably cute. Um, So by rescuing him, he kind of opens up the the it's not a mansion. It's a hotel. So he opens up the hotel to you in terms of like gives you your um, like pieces of your vacuum thing. He introduces you to the new mechanic in this one, which is the Gooigi. So this is the the Luigi made of goo that can that will die and return to his container if he gets wet, but who can do things like go into holes and through cracks and through like bars and cages and stuff that normal Luigi obviously can't. So he's the, he's the kind of new addition to Luigi Luigi's mansion and he's pretty freaking cool. So the little um, inventor ghost collector guy, scientist man, he like gives you like your map to the mansion and all that kind of stuff. So it's about probably I'd say like an hour and a half to two hours worth of gameplay, depending on how, I guess, thorough you want to be because, I mean, I've got to say for the first hour or so, I was like, I don't even know why I'm playing this game. It's kind of dumb. It's basically like hotel cleaning simulator because you're walking around. All of all your backpack really does is it's like a vacuum. So you're walking around and you're like vacuuming stuff up, hoping to find currency. So there's like gold coins, gold bars, um, like green, like um, like banknotes, like money, mm-hmm. pa- paper money, paper money. That's what I'm talking about. Paper money, uh, <laughs> kind money. of like hidden throughout. So you basically like every room you walk into or the way that I was doing it, every room you walk into, you basically just vacuum everything because <laughs> you never quite know 100% where the coins are going to pop out of. So, um, I mean, I was just walking around every room and vacuuming it top to bottom. And I will say the controls, and this has kind of been the same for the majority of the Luigi's Mansion. Maybe not the first one because the first one, was it the Nintendo 64? It was Game. It was GameCube. Or was it? Ga- it was GameCube. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it would have had the, the dual sticks, but I, I found it like super hard to with the way. So the screen never moves. You're always looking in on a room and then you move Luigi around with your left stick and then you move his flashlight or vacuum with the right stick. And so at some point your like your stick goes, has to go the opposite way. Like it's a really, it took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around the way Luigi was facing versus the way I had to turn the, the flashlight. And it's still, I still haven't quite mastered it. <laughs> But it's it's like it's not the same as if you had a first person or a third person view where like the camera's always behind you and then therefore you just use the right stick to look. It's like you have to move your or like train your brain to think of the back of Luigi as if it's the screen and then look with the with the 
uh, right stick, which is a little bit jarring compared right. to like every other game I've played lately. Well, because the game, <laughs> uh, the game is based in sort of like these dioramas, right? So you're looking exactly, more at the yeah. Room so so you're always to... looking, yeah. You're always looking in the same direction. There's no way to change it. Um, there's sometimes like mirrors on the wall or something that'll reveal things that you can't see because your perspective is stuck. So your perspective and your camera never moves. And so that's why it's kind of hard to wrap your head around that when you're used to like a camera following your character, whether it's in first or third person. But yeah, diorama is a really good way to, to describe the kind of view that you have. You're always going like deeper into the screen or like coming back out of the screen when you're when you're like navigating different rooms and stuff. So it's um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's got that same creepy, quirky type um. I guess, vibe. <laughs> and uh, I really, really like it so far because I found that there are quite a lot of kind of like puzzles that mm -hmm. are more challenging than I would have thought that they would be this early on into the game. It's like because I'm spending so much time and totally clearing out rooms, I feel like I'm actually discovering a lot of things that maybe we're meant for later on because you, you do go back to the same areas like over and over and over again. And it is very much like many of the other Nintendo games that like, as you progress through the story, you get more stuff. So like different types of light bulbs for your uh, flashlight that then let you do different things. So like the room that you start in might have something that won't be unlocked until you get flashlight bulb number four or something, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so you do revisit areas over and over again, which is more compelling and interesting than I thought it was going to be because uh, and, and one thing that I was a little bit worried about right off the bat because for about the first hour and a half, the combat is so on rails. It's like you very obviously come into a big hallway area or like a big like entryway area. And then it's like, OK, this feels like there's going to be a ghost here. And then sure enough, there's an encounter. And it kind of teaches you the mechanics, but it teaches you so slowly that I was really starting to worry that there weren't going to be a lot of ghosts in the hotel. And I was like, the combat's actually really fun. So I want to do more of it. Like, why isn't this haunted hotel more haunted? Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I say, once I freed the first prisoner and unlocked a lot of like even something like the map <laughs> and, you know, like the settings and options and stuff is all done after you find this first character and you kind of get your base kit together. So, and that's about an hour and a half to two hours into the game. It takes quite a while. And that slow ramp, I was really worried that there weren't going to be enough combat encounters. But once I got past that, it was like, okay, now you're in a haunted house. Like now you're, you know, every room you go into, even if you've already been there, it's probably going to have a ghost hidden somewhere. And there's lots of things that like, when you open a drawer, there's so many different things that could pop out. You could have currency pop out. You could have like a surprise trap pop out that so far I haven't had any negative things happen to me other than Luigi gets scared and runs to the other side of the room. Uh, or you could have a ghost pop out. So like there's, you don't necessarily always know what, um, like what you're going to get when you go in and open things, which, which is fun. And like I said, it seemed like there were more ghosts. There were more combat uh, chances after I kind of completed the air quotes tutorial. It doesn't feel like a tutorial because it never really like stops you and says like, now push a now push B. Mm -hmm. So 
but it was uh, ramping up, I think. Yeah, N- Nintendo, and I, I don't believe they do this, but pretty much every title they, they have is the, the first world, the first sort of area is very tutorial-based, and it can feel like, man, I hope this game gets a little more, you know, complex. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think you'll get there. I think uh, Luigi's Mansion Three has has reviewed really well, but I'd be really interested to hear what your thoughts are on, you know, later on in the game. Because again, I I've been looking at this one. I'm a huge Luigi's Mansion fan, and there's just been so many games coming out right around that time. And I even have, you know, sort of a, a Nintendo voucher sort of sitting there waiting to be used on my Switch. And I and I bought them specifically so I could buy Luigi's Mansion Three. And then, you know, Pokemon's out at the end of the week, and then I think Star Wars is also at, out at the end of the week. So it's a, and then I'm yeah, playing Outer Worlds, so. I'm really in a Nintendo headspace right now because, like you said, Pokemon's coming out. I'm really excited about that. I want to sink as much time as I can into Luigi's Mansion over the next couple of days so that then I can free up some time for Pokemon. But then on top of that, I also just actually went out and bought, and I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to talk about this probably uh, next week. I'm actually going to bring it when we come to to see you over the weekend. Sweet. But I bought the ring. I bought the Ring Fit Adventure thing. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, I want to see. Like, I want to. I'm going to bring it with me, and we can both try it in person and and see <laughs> what you think. Because I I think I'm I'm really st- I want to see what this is all about. So I I'm... saw some people kind of raving about it. So I yeah. was like, all right. <laughs> Funny so enough, yeah, I bought it. I'm going to give it a try. That's really cool. Well, funny enough, I was looking at it. I haven't bought it. Uh, the Ring Fit Adventure. I was, we were talking pre-show about Christmas lists, and I was like, maybe I'll throw that one on there. Because again, you're right. I've heard some really good things and, and people kind of swearing by it in terms of a fun sort of active type game. And uh, I guess it's, it's selling like hotcakes. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, did you end it? So you obviously you picked it up locally or did you order it off amazon like uh i got it off amazon and i actually got it uh it was 20 dollars off for some reason so i was like well i was thinking of getting it anyways so let's go so yeah i I bought it we can try it yeah we can try it over the weekend and uh yeah i was i was surprised that i was able to get a deal on it at all so yeah um i'm definitely in a nintendo headspace right now and you're right like this very much did feel like, you know, world one, like, here's your first floor. We're going to go through things. We're going to let you have a boss fight. We're going to give you some more abilities, you know, like we'll ramp you up slowly. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Luigi's Mansion 3 is like in the hours to come, because it seems like it's got a really good, solid kind of base of abilities. And it's been really fun. And like I said, the the sucking something in and then whacking it around like you can hit one ghost with another ghost and yeah. do damage to both of them. And it's just, it's, it's really, really, really satisfying. So you can kind of like feel the weight of the thing that you're whipping around, if that makes sense. So hmm. it's, it's very, it's very satisfying. I, I like it quite a lot. So I'm going to play some more of that. The only thing I haven't figured out, and this is why we delayed recording a little bit tonight, but um, you collect, like I mentioned, all those different currencies. And I have no idea why I'm collecting money. I have like 5,000 coins right now because I've been so thorough so far in my playthrough that I don't think I've left a coin anywhere in the map. Mm. (laughs) And so I've got 5,000 currency now, coins, gold, whatever it is, and I have no idea why. And the only thing, so when you rescue the little dude is he's like, oh, you really can't take money with you. The ghosts really don't seem interested in any of this currency. So you might as well pick it up. You're still alive. Mm. And literally the only thing, that's the only time they mention it. 
And in the like frequently asked questions area of the menus, it's like, gold is good. Why wouldn't you want it? Good things happen to those with lots of currency. And I'm like, that's cryptic. <laughs> like, I guess I should just keep collecting it. But right now I have no idea why. I'm assuming maybe once I hit like 10,000, maybe it'll something will happen. I don't know. But anyways, I, that's that's the big question for me is, is why am I collecting all this money? But yeah, I'm trying to remember in the previous games what you use that money for. And I, I want to say either upgrades like upgrades to your your equipment, maybe like you have to pay. Yeah, maybe I'm just not I haven't gone because that's what I thought. Like I went on this mission for this guy to find his briefcase and I was like, oh, maybe this is a briefcase full of upgrades and this is where I get my currency from. And then I was like, uh, or this is where I spend my currency. And that's not what that was. So that was it was actually Gooigi was in the briefcase. <laughs> so maybe I just haven't progressed far enough yet. But anyways, Gooigi. it looks really cool. I can't I, I I do recommend it so far and I'm not even that far in yet, but it's been really, really fun. Sweet. Uh, we already talked about Extra Life a little bit off the top of the show, but what we have not talked about yet is that if you do like what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in uh, to help support the show, just like our new patron Alec did. Thank you so much for supporting us again. Uh, if you would like to support the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals, that's at TGI Extra Life 2019. And our next stream is going to be on Saturday, November 30th. That brings us to our news of the week. We're going to do some odds and ends for you. We finally have all the launch titles for Google Stadia. Yay! Except that it's terrible, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, interesting. I wouldn't even call it interesting. I would call it just straight up disappointment because, I mean, so we already... We're fairly certain that uh, there was only going to be one title that was actually um, included in the whatchamacallit, the um, oh, dude. the uh, subscription, the yeah, subscription. Google, we thought I can't remember what it's called. Like, yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was called either. But the the Google Stadia subscription, they had said that it was going to be Destiny Two. You were going to get access to great. I thought there was going to be more than that. Turns out the 12 titles that it actually launches with are like still have to be purchased. So I'm just like, man, oh man, you want me to buy your product just to play Destiny, which is a game I already don't play. And then the titles that are included on this are things like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider as well. Oh, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. I was going to say, I thought like 25% of this lineup was Tomb Raider, and yeah. it is. <laughs> Three of the 12 thing, titles yeah. is Tomb Raider. And uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, this is stuff that they're older titles. I already own every single thing on this list somewhere else. So why would I buy Stadia in order to have the privilege of buying a game I already own again? Yeah, this it, is such a big miss for me. It's really, and I remember there was an instant where we were looking at this and thinking, well, maybe we should get this in for the show and, and talk yeah. about it. And I think it quickly fell off the rails when we realized how much it was going to cost. But when you look at these launch games, I think really what killed killed it for both of us was, well, really the only thing we'd be playing to test would be Destiny Two. Yeah, because and... that's the only thing that's free. It's like it's basically like saying. We're launching the Stadia store with stuff that's old and you already own. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's great, Google. I don't want this. Yeah. Like no, this is gonna I feel like this is gonna tank so hard. And it doesn't I, matter how good the tech is because no one is going to adopt it. 
I think what Google needed to do was similar to, to another large conglomerate that did something recently this week, which was Disney Plus, and launch uh, with a bunch of content at a low, you know, cost to entry. You know, if Disney Plus said like, okay, here, we're going to give you Disney Plus, it's going to be all the Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, but you have to buy this Founders Edition that has a $100 adapter and a subscription for three months and blah, 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 blah. But like that wouldn't have been as successful. What Google's done here is essentially, I, I think it's I saw it described by um, uh, Patrick Beja and Jimmy were going back and forth on, on Twitter and they were talking about it as like a early access console. Like it's beta that you're paying to get into. And then you're on top of that buying games that you might already own. Um, the only exclusive game on this list is Guilt, and that is a game by as a they they bill it as a surreal fantasy adventure from Tequila Works. And honestly, Tequila Works is known for their sort of um, indie adventure style games. They did uh, Rhyme and uh, like some zombie game before that, but nothing nothing really like I gotta go out and buy this whole new console experience. The thing for me that kind of jumps out from Google Stadia is you're you're able to play a game at max resolution, max settings without having to have the hardware, so to speak. And that's where I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is is one of the only sort of shining factors where it's like, okay, if I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2 at max settings in 4K without having to buy like a $5,000 computer, then you can look at Stadia as something that may be worth getting. However, there's still the bandwidth hit. There's still all that fun stuff. Like I think people were saying it's like 15 gigabytes an hour for 4K. Oh my God. Like if you don't have an unlimited package, that's going to kill your 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 usage in like yeah, a Yeah, most people, if they don't have unlimited, they might have like uh, maybe 100 gigs. Like maybe, probably less than that. But I mean, so you're talking about like playing maybe a couple times a month for an hour might kill your entire entire internet budget like yeah. you cannot do anything else except for like five to ten hours of rdr2 that's all you get to do on the internet for a month <laughs> like no not yeah. gonna happen and of course that is 4k that's not you know you can play on 1082 but um but why then yeah. what's the point <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Exactly. So, ah, oh, man, I don't know. And and the fact that you can't even, I think it would be probably a very different conversation if the conversation we were having right now was you can buy Stadia, you can get the hardware, and you can buy the subscription, and then that gives you access to three Tomb Raiders, RDR2, Mortal Kombat 11, Destiny, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the, you know, the the Guilt, which is the, the um, exclusive. Like, then we would be talking because I mean, yeah, they're older games, but I know that I like them. So if I just had access to play them with my subscription, then I would probably give the Stadia hardware a try because if nothing else, I also have a benchmark. I can say, you know, like I played a Tomb Raider on an Xbox One and a PC. I played RDR2, obviously on PlayStation. And now I played Odyssey. I think Odyssey I played on PC as well. So I'm like, okay, now I have benchmarks for what the consoles and the PC feel like. I can compare that to Stadia and I can see if I like it, if I don't like it, whatever. But the fact that I have to go in, buy all this hardware and buy the game and it's going to take all my internet. I, we have unlimited internet, but 
if we didn't, it would take all my internet. Like, that's crazy. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's asking way, 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 way too much. Um, again, it, I could buy into the early access beta by, you know, paying for this stuff if it came with those 12 games instead of, you know, not. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> instead I, of it just being exclusive access to a store. Yeah. And they're some... selling last year's models. Oh, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just it, it blows my mind that people, that Google thinks that people are going to do this. <laughs> I, I honestly, so for for me, if Google had represented a company that would appear to be in it for the long haul, then you could look at this and be like, okay, this is a a a good first stab at having your your prosumer people buy in early adopters, right? But that's the problem is that Google is notorious for killing their their projects that don't follow through right away, and that's where my worry would be. There's no way I'd early adopt this at this rate because there's no telling if Google's going to have it exist a year from now. And 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 again, there was a there was a great sort of Reddit AMA that that was done today, I believe, where uh, Google employees were answering these questions. And this thing's coming in hot. Like there's no UI for achievements, even though it's it's tracking them. Uh, there's no web store. You have to do everything from your phone for setup. If you have a Chromecast Ultra in your house right now, which is the 4K Chromecast, right. it, it doesn't work with Google Stadia. It won't work until next year when they push an update. You have to purchase the Founders Edition, which is... Wow. Is, it's, 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 just a, it's just a Google Chromecast Ultra. It's not anything different. So <laughs> there are a lot of core issues with this launch, and it very much feels like it, it is a beta, but... People should be worried, even though Google's put a lot of money and built a lot of infrastructure around this. I'd still be concerned that they don't like repurpose this. So like, well, maybe it didn't work for gaming. But maybe it'll work for, I don't know, server farms. I, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? But anyways, yeah, so the launch titles, pretty disappointing. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. Hopefully they don't kill it. There is more stuff that's supposed to be coming before the end of 2019, um, but there's nothing too crazy. I mean, Borderlands 3 maybe, because that means... Um, it's coming to Stadia before it's coming to PC. To Steam, right? To Steam, yeah. To Steam specifically, yeah. The, obviously, it's on the Epic Game Store. But I mean, like, yeah. Stadia is the next place you're going to be able to play it before you can play it everywhere sure. else. So, yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing on this uh, on this list of stuff coming before the end of 2019. But still, you still have to buy it. So, again, you're paying a lot of money to access a store. Forget that nonsense. Uh, speaking of nonsense... <laughs> that Sonic was nonsense, and they've actually listened. Uh, we've got a new trailer now of the new Sonic movie with his redesign, and I've got to say, he still has the weird, creepy human teeth, but he's got proper gloves, proper shoes, proper proportions, and his eyes don't look like little specks in the middle of his head, so I am a fan. Ryan, what do you think of the redesign? I, man, I gotta say, I think they nailed it from... From the perspective of bringing a classic 2D slash 3D character into a movie, um, this is night and day from the original <laughs> unveil. And I mean, I don't know how they did it. I almost want to say... It couldn't have like, gotten any worse, though. I mean, like, no. really. <laughs> but but funny enough, like, this, how this wasn't their first shot, like, how this wasn't one of their first concepts, because it looks like how you'd expect a realistic Sonic to look like. And... In the sense that you could, you look at that character, it's like, there's no way you can make a cartoon character 
exist in the real world without it being weird but they've kind of i think they've hit that middle ground where this new design it works very well and fit in you know with with the characters whereas the other one just it felt too alien it felt too out there and it wasn't close enough to the design we we know and love but but honestly now i'm kind of looking at this like they they tried to like humanize him too much or something because his eyes were were so small and it's like they tried to go too realistic somehow uh, with a with a totally made up character Mm -hmm. and it was just like no like you need these exaggerated proportions in order to make him look believable like he should look like mostly a cartoon Otherwise, you get this really, really weird, uncanny valley stuff going on. And it's just like, why? why? No, I don't want to watch that. That's creepy. No. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's uh, And, and the, the great part about this trailer is not only did they kind of redesign Sonic, but they leaned in heavy on what should have been done at the, at the beginning was the nostalgia of, you know, for Sonic fans, because they start the trailer off with, you know, the Green Hill Zone background. That's a very iconic sonic world and then they have the music where they have remixes of classic sonic tunes as he's like doing the baseball skit and honestly i feel like the redesign and the way they presented the trailer made uh you know ben schwartz the voice actor for sonic fit in a lot better as well it felt so weird hearing ben schwartz you know voice come out of sonic in the in the original trailer but now it kind of fits for me and I don't know. I don't know if that's just me being like, "Yeah, this design's way better." But I just think the way they framed it in this trailer was 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 much better. And even like James Marsden, the the human character, yeah, I, I didn't feel it in the first trailer. But now I kind of it all kind of comes together a lot better with the design. And it could just be the fact the old design was like really tearing it apart for me. But I feel like maybe that's that's what it is. Is something like when you go into a movie with really low expectations and then it's not bad, you're like, oh, that was actually good. Mm-hmm. Versus like if you go into a movie with really high expectations and then the movie's good, you're like, oh, that was terrible. Like because your expectations were one way or the other. And I feel like the original Sonic put our expectations into a like, yeah, they can't do any worse than this, but we really don't expect anything out of this studio because what they gave to us when we left them alone was so bad. So mm. I feel like our expectations were like rock bottom. And the fact that they were a little bit better than rock bottom, we're like, okay, good. This is fine now. Whereas I think if this came out and this was the original, we probably would have been like, yeah, okay. And maybe a little bit nitpicky, but it would have been kind of passable where I feel like people are super stoked on it right now. And it's because we have the previous iteration to compare it to. And it was so bad (laughs) that now it looks so good in comparison to what we had before. So yeah, I I think there's a little bit of that going on too. I think so. You're right. You're probably right. And, but I still think like Jim Carrey, fantastic as Dr. Robotnik and the story yeah he was a good choice i think that's going to be really fun to watch i still will not go see this in theaters but i'll probably watch it at some point in the future i'm like contemplating it i think it might be (laughs) no no hear me out on this i think it might be an interesting movie for you know caden at that point because i like i don't think he'll be that like it's it's a kid's movie right i'm not wrong in that it looks like a kid's movie um I'm not sure what the actual rating is. It might be a kid's movie. Although. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually going to be like G or if it's going to be PG. Well, see, I'm I, because oh, it, I'm... like 
Robotnik very much is trying to kill and destroy. So I don't know how far I don't know how far down that. I mean, I'm thinking of the the scene from the first trailer with like Sonic standing in the middle of all of his like rockets and stuff. That could be kind of scary. It might be a PG thing. I think. Yeah. And and funny enough, I'm still not great at like determining what content is is uh, obviously I don't like take the kids to the theaters like let's watch this chainsaw movie you know uh play it pretty safe and usually go with cartoons or pop troll in that matter but I think this this Sonic movie looks it, it looks decent uh and me saying oh I'm gonna see it in theaters like I don't really go to the theaters very much unless it's an <laughs> event I I I still kind of want to look at this and be like man like we should give these people a medal for really turning this thing around um, I'm surprised how quickly they turned it around. I can agree with that 100%. Like, with how quickly the redesign came back out again, I was expecting it to be, like, trash 2.0. But it's actually decent. So, I think, uh, yeah, I, re- I really hope that the animators on this movie got paid, like, a bazillion dollars <laughs> for doing this. Because redoing an entire movie, like, Sonic's the main character. This isn't, like, he was some background character in, like, four or five scenes that they just had to tweak. He's the main dude. <laughs> they had yeah. to redo the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's uh I I really am looking forward to seeing more of of the movie uh with the second trailer with this new design. Uh and and looking forward to reviews cuz I think Sonic as a character has had a string of bad luck probably since maybe the Dreamcast days hasn't really been able to stick the landing since. There's been a couple of like shining examples like Sonic Mania and uh, I think Sonic Genesis. There was there was one. Anyways, they've had a lot of bad games. So if he were to come out with a bad movie as well, I mean, it probably wouldn't surprise many folks. But uh, the fact that they they went back. And but if it was it a bad them. movie, it would probably like kill the franchise. <laughs> uh, he's he uh, he was a werewolf. It was bad. You should ask Matt. It was really bad. Uh, I went through some some rough sonic games back in the day uh he's been through a lot worse um but then you're right that design was. but i feel like yeah like if they'd put that out and if it had totally and utterly tanked i feel like that might just the the sonic ip people might just give up (laughs) maybe there hasn't been a new game in a while so uh, actually the last one was actually it was really bad sonic forces (laughs) did not review well um you're right yeah maybe yeah this so would i mean like if the last game if the if the franchise in the gaming space hasn't been doing very well and then on top of that they try to expand into pop culture and movies and that goes poorly then i feel like they just be like Ugh, all right no more sonic we're done we have tried everything <laughs> we're done people <laughs> now that being said uh sonic i guess has been pretty popular in terms of like tv animation and uh in comic books so they, they've been successful in some fronts but i i really think you got to be doing well in video games being a video game character that'd be like mario doing well yeah there's great mario books but the game sucks it's like mm, yeah <laughs> probably not a good foot to stand on yeah very much so uh so that's pretty much gonna do it for us this week thanks guys so much for listening if you'd like to follow the conversation after the fact and let us know what you thought about the things that we we're playing this week Head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com, or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn, and remember, tune in next week. Yeah.